It's the best time of the year. Selection Sunday is over. We have our brackets. We have numbers in front of the names of our favorite teams. Not not all of our favorite teams. Gophers are in it. Andy, congrats on the two seed. Um, but we have seeds in front of the team's names, and it's the best time of the year. Now it's the it's the buildup, usually four days, now five with the tournament starting on Friday. But it's the buildup until the tournament starts, until the round of 64 is underway. And this is, it, it, honestly, in some sense, this is better than the tournament because it's like the, the build-up to the tournament, the anticipation, the going back and forth on who are your upset picks, what Cinderella's you're going with, what teams you're picking to go all the way. This is absolutely the best time of the year. We got Parker on tonight with some hot takes from college basketball. He's been immersed in, in his bunker. Are we going to call it the Bad P Bunker? Do, do you have a bunker? I mean, it looks like I'm in a bunker right now, so we'll go with Bad P's Bunker. Yeah. That works. I, I love it. I love it. So he's been in his bunker watching. We got BG, we got Randy, no Zach tonight, but we're talking only college basketball. We're going to go through each of the regions. We're going to break down our favorite games, our favorite matchups in each of the regions. Let's start, fellas. Uh, where are we going to start? In the West? That's what I said, West. right? Yeah, let's start in the West. Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. They're the number one seed in the West. Uh, obviously, they're going to win that first game. They're playing one of the play-in games. I think it's like is it Norfolk State. Who is that? Who is Norf versus APP? Norfolk State, yeah. Yeah. First Appalachian State, yeah. Yeah, so that's obviously going to be a win. Let's go down to Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma, rather, Missouri. Um, I don't have a lot of opinion on this one other than Lon Kruger, who's the head coach of Oklahoma. I feel like he always has his team ready to play in games, this is going to be a good one in that 8-9 game. That one's always close, the 8-9 matchup. I like Lon Kruger. I like Oklahoma, but I don't have a really strong opinion on that one. Yeah, Oklahoma's finished the season a little little on the rough side, and um, I think it's I, I think some of these 8-9 games are a shame because it's going to be such a good game, and then they're going to go play the one seed and just get absolutely trounced. So I think whoever wins this game – is gonna get trounced two days later against Gonzaga. So um, I guess whoever whoever wins, um, I mean, I think we're just hoping for a good game with these with these eight nine matchups. I think uh, Oklahoma is gonna run away with this one. They had some good wins earlier in the year. They beat West Virginia twice. They beat Texas. They like you said, Andy. They kind of fell off at the end of the year, but I look I look for them to get past Missouri pretty easily and keep that game with Gonzaga close. I still got Gonzaga in the second round game, but I like them to win that first round one. Yeah. I've got Oklahoma too. I think they're a really good team. Like you said, they had a rough end of the year, but they lost close games to good teams. So it wasn't as rough as it actually looked. Um, And they have one of the best white boys in all of March madness, maybe after Luca Garza, uh, Austin Reeves, the Oklahoma point guard. I don't know if you guys have been watching him, but he is just a beast. Looks like he just got out of a shower and has a wet mop on his head. But he is an awesome guy, athletic, can shoot the three ball. He's sick. So I'm looking forward to that. And like you said, Parker, I think there's 
the Gonzaga Oklahoma game might actually be a close game. It's not cut and dry when it's actually March Madness and they're in the Big 12, one of the best leagues, and they're playing really good competition night in and night out. So I, I think they'll put up a fight, but Gonzaga will move on. Yeah, and moving on down the West bracket, we got Creighton, the five seed against UC Santa Barbara. Andy, I know you're high on UC Santa Barbara. I have Creighton winning that game. I know there's been some controversy with Doug McDermott. They didn't really have that good a performance in their conference tournament. They played a couple of good games and then kind of fell flat and almost quit on their coach, it seemed like. Maybe I still like them in this game, but maybe you can talk me out of it right here. Yeah, UC Santa Barbara is one of those those mid-majors that um, we talked about every year as, as an upset whenever they make it. Um, you know, they uh, their team usually is made up of a, a good mix of um, of transfers, um, usually from some uh, some good D1 schools, and, and and that's what their team is this year. Um, so yeah, and I think Creighton, uh, you know, made it to the the, the Big East championship game, but that uh, that team has just had just had a little a uh, little too much uh, off the court uh, off the court issues, and you know, I think USCB is one of those those mid majors that's uh, you know going to come in hungry no matter what seed they are. Um, so I like them as one of the uh, the first round twelve five upsets. I agree with you on that, Andy. Uh, but I have different reasoning. The only reason I'm picking Santa Barbara to win this one is they uh, covered in their conference championship game against UC Irvine. So I'm riding with them. How uh, much money did that make you? Bad be. It's 25 bucks, which is you know a solid day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely didn't want win money overall that day, but you know they they lessened the 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 blow it, t- it took my wallet took. So yeah. I'm rocking with Santa Barbara. Hey, it's all about going net positive, baby. Net positive. Plus 25, we'll take that all day. Um, all day. That's BG. new for bad peas, bad peas. <laughs> bad peas, bad peas aren't usually in the green. <laughs> BG, you got uh, any hot takes on, on Santa Barbara, Creighton? I don't have any hot takes. I'm going to take Creighton. I know I was saying I was hot on them uh, the last time we recorded, and they obviously got trounced in that championship game against Georgetown, which I don't think anybody saw Georgetown coming to win that championship. But I think Creighton will get by them, and – I think uh, UC Santa Barbara as one of the coolest mascots in all of college basketball. And I, I just looked it up while we were talking about them because I see their logo, like every tournament or every conference tournament that they are, they're on national TV. And it kind of just looks like a guy's wearing a sombrero. You can barely see his eyes. <laughs> and apparently the mascot's name is Olay and he's a guacho, whatever that means. Don't know what a guacho is, but the mascot's Olay, which is pretty sick. So, it's a win-win either way if Creighton wins or loses. <laughs> yeah. Now that's that's definitely good insight. Moving on down the West region, we got Virginia, the four seed, Ohio, 13 seed. Uh, Parker, I think you're, you were high on Ohio. I'm taking Virginia. I'm taking Tony Bennett. I know they've, Virginia struggled, but at, at the end of the day, they lost the first round in the first round three years ago. They came back and won, it the, the, won the national championship two years later, two years ago, a year later. Um, I, I still like them in this game. I know you're high on Ohio, though. Yeah, I am. I And I know absolutely nothing about Ohio. I just know that I don't like Virginia whatsoever. I hate that they play defense. Uh, I, I would like to see 80 points scored every game. Uh, and like you said, they haven't finished the season strong. So, uh, you know, I'm looking for that upset. And, you know, that, that would set up a cool, cool second-round matchup between – 
Santa Barbara and Ohio. Uh, and then I would have Ohio going to the Sweet 16, which, you know, you need a Cinderella story in there every year. So I think Ohio might be that team. And then they would go on and get demolished by Gonzaga. They would get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> yeah. But that it would be cool. Lost. Hey, I, I'd It'd like, be like to another see another one versus 16. Yeah. Right. I'd like to see a 12-13 matchup in, in the round of 32 and then see one of those teams move on. That would be fun. I would like mm-hmm. to see it. I, I was taking I was taking care of my dog for a second. Did you guys mention that Virginia isn't uh, not all their players have made the trip to Indianapolis? Did no, we did it? not mention. Did that. not know that. Um, they uh, they're re- being really quiet about it. They won't say how many players haven't made the trip uh, or who those players are. Just that. Is that because of COVID reasons? Because of COVID. Yep. Yeah. I'm assuming that the, because they haven't said any names, they're hoping that maybe they can get them back before uh, before games start, but something to keep an eye on here um, here these next couple days. What date is the West play? They play Saturday. Okay, so that helps them out if it comes down to that. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with Parker on this one. I like Ohio in this one because Virginia usually doesn't perform that well when it comes to March Madness, especially with this team does not – uh, it doesn't surprise me at all, like with their talent. Uh, Clark, their point guard, I've watched a few games of Virginia this year, and I know it's picking and choosing, but he's looked absolutely horrible in both of those games. And as your point guard, it's really big come March Madness time that um, he's a cornerstone of your team. And also, Ohio only lost to Illinois by five earlier this year. So they played against good teams and played close. So um, I'm going with the upset in this matchup. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do like Kihei Clark. I don't think he's as clutch down the stretch as he needs to be. He was on that championship team, and he played a, a decent role coming off the bench uh, as the backup point guard. I don't I don't mind him. I just don't think he's as clutch, or at least this season and, and even a year ago, they didn't have the tournament. But that season, he wasn't as clutch as, as you'd like to see your point guard. But we'll see what happens. Moving on down the West region, we got USC versus a play-in game, which is Wichita State and Drake. Uh, do you guys have any opinions on the play-in game? Who's going to win that? And, and then the matchup against USC. I think this year we have some of the best playing games that we've ever had between Wichita State and Drake and then UCLA and, uh, and Michigan State, which we'll get to. Um, but both uh, Wichita State and Drake are teams that won a ton of games in the regular season. Um, both teams had a couple uh, like big Big come from behind wins, like down 20, 20 with 10, 15 minutes left in the second half, coming back to win and cover. Not, not like I would know anything too close to that. Um, but um, it's, it's also a game that I don't know if it's going to be a 50 to 51 like stalemate or if it's going to be a shootout, you know, 90 to 85. Like it's a lot of things can happen, but I think that game is going to be pretty close and it should be good basketball. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on this one. Um, USC has let me down one too many times this year uh, with the point spread. So, I, you know, when game time rolls around, depending on what the spread's looking like, if it's less than five, I might might take USC. But, um, you know, Wichita's not the team that, you know, they once were when they shocked the nation, whatever it was, four or five years ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure how that one's going to go. And, uh Ed P, you'll find this uh, this this interesting. Drake started off the season 
I know they started off the season like 20 and 0, like record wise, but I'm pretty sure they also started off 20 and 0 against the spread as well. Really? So, mm. Pretty profitable team. You should have let me know that like five games into the year. I would have been hammering that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they would have lost right away then. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's how it always works. Yeah. I don't um, have a, I don't have a go ahead, opinion BJ. really on this one, especially the play the playing game. Don't really know much about Wichita State or Drake other than Drake was extremely hot and cooled off a little bit. But I took USC just because they have a NBA prospect and maybe top ten pick with Evan Mobley, a big seven foot guy. So hoping that he'll carry them for a win. I uh, I, I have Drake as an upset, uh, maybe going to uh, making it to the second weekend. Um, they lost a couple games after missing two weeks due to COVID issues and having to play a bunch of games like every other night. And that's when they that's when they had their struggles this year, when they were just playing three, four, five games a week. Um, so I think now that uh, that team's a little rested, um, I think they're that that Cinderella type of team with, you know, you get uh, uh, senior guard play, um, team can make stops, play good defense. They're obviously playing with passion after a, a, a once-in-a-lifetime season for those kids. So um, I think Drake, and, uh, if they can get through Wichita State, I think they can maybe make it to the second weekend. Yeah, I, I like Wichita State, too. I don't like them going to the second weekend, Andy. I have them losing to Kansas in the second round. But I, I like Wichita – I mean, excuse me, I like Drake. I like them to beat Wichita State. I like them to beat USC. Really nothing about USC in particular jumps off the board to me. Nothing about USC says they're even capable of winning uh, a first-round game. I think they were kind of overseeded as a six. I thought they were going to be around a seven, and I saw some – uh, brackets that had them around a seven. I was a little surprised to see them get that six seed. But anyway, I, I was happy to see Drake get in. They were right on the bubble, obviously being in one of the play-in games. They do get in, and I like them to win two games in this tournament and get into that second-round matchup against Kansas. I think Kansas will have some of those guys back that they've been missing. And obviously they pulled out of the Big 12 tournament with some COVID issues, but they're getting McCormick back, and they should be pretty solid. They're, they are have They do have three guys staying at home in Lawrence, but even by then there's a chance that those three guys could make the trip out there and, and get quarantined in time and have enough negative tests to play in a second game, a second round matchup um, against Drake. Yeah. I think that's a good transition into that next game, the Kansas Eastern Washington game. Cause you know, as you were talking about Kansas has had the COVID issues. Uh, I mean, players need seven, seven consecutive tests on seven straight days. Turning uh, up negative to be able to get into the bubble, um, and it's just a matter of I think for Kansas they just have to make it out of that first weekend. Knowing they might not be at full strength, um, I think they can get out the first weekend. They're probably uh, um, you know they're a team that could uh, you know maybe give maybe give like a Zaga run for the money run for their money in the Elite Eight, but I mean they just gotta be healthy first, um, and I think that's the best shot that that Drake or Wichita State or USC has in, in getting to this to this week 16 is if Kansas isn't at a full, full strength. Yeah, Andy, just check your mic there. Make sure you're not kind of hitting with your hand underneath. It was just a little quiet. I think most people probably heard it at least the second half of your take there, but it was just a little quiet uh, that first half. It was just a little muffled. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Kansas. Obviously, a lot up in the air. They're not releasing the names. At least I haven't seen the names of who's staying at home right now. Um, and like you said, they need seven. I didn't exactly know it was seven. That's a lot. 
seven days in a row of negative testing. So that will be an even bigger hurdle for Kansas to get over. But like I mentioned, they're going to get McCormick back. They didn't have him for the Big 12 tournament. He wasn't part of that team that pulled out of the Big 12 tournament. I think he was even quarantined from the team at that point as well. He should be back. I think he's in Indianapolis now, and I believe Kansas is currently in Indianapolis just waiting now and quarantining until the tournament starts. Um, But we'll see what happens. A lot up in the air, and a lot depends on those COVID tests. If they come back positive, if they come back negative. And that's kind of the beauty and the beast of this tournament and the beauty that we're getting a tournament in the midst of pandemic. But the beast is we have no idea. Some of these teams that – we're really high on right now could just test negative and or, t- or test positive and be pulled out of the tournament. I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen. And as a thousand different college basketball players from all over the country come to one site or, or to one city to play this tournament, obviously they're not all together, but they're playing each other. It's going to be kind of a logistical nightmare. We're just going to see what happens and roll with the punches. Let's move on down to the last two matchups, Oregon VCU in the seven ten game. Iowa Grand Canyon in the 2-15 game. Any strong opinions here? Obviously, Andy, you're taking Iowa. I'm taking Iowa. I don't think anyone's picking against Iowa. But how about in that 7-10 game, VCU-Oregon? I think Oregon's unreceived as a 7. I think um, Oregon has a good shot against Iowa in in that round 2 matchup. That's going to be one of the better matchups on a, uh, that game. It's going to be played Monday. Uh, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I think VCU put up a good fight against uh, St. Bonaventure in the um, conference championship game. Um, lost me, uh, lost me some money, but um, you know, it's uh, it is what it is, but uh, and, and for that reason, and, and also Oregon being really good at the, at the game of basketball, um, it's going to be Oregon, Iowa on a, on Monday night. And that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, I agree. I don't think VCU, uh, looked very good against St. Bonaventure, to be honest with you. They were down like 17 at one point and clawed back within like four or five or something like that. But, you know, I, like you said, Oregon's under underseeded here, and I think they're definitely going to run away with this one. So bet Oregon, whatever the spread is. Yep, I've got Oregon and Iowa. And obviously I think Iowa's pretty much a shoe-in. And uh, I don't think VCU is really a good team, especially for a 10 seed. Like there's some good 10 seeds. Um, in March Madness, and I don't think they're one of those four uh, good 10 seeds. So I think Oregon will move on pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I'm with both of you guys, or all three of you guys there. I got Oregon, I got Iowa, and I got Iowa beating Oregon, Andy. I got them going to the second weekend. I even got them going to the Elite Eight. But we'll save the rest of the picks for I, another episode. I, I, I will say this uh, final word for the day, probably not about Iowa, is um, I think this will be the first game for the Big Ten um, to see how good going through that Big Ten gauntlet of a schedule uh, really is for the teams this year. Um, you know, who, like Iowa could come out and, you know, if they come out and absolutely hand it to Oregon, I think that's a sign that, uh, um, you know, and if like first round, if you see Wisconsin come out and absolutely hand it to North Carolina, um, I can think that's a sign that, um, you know, the, the level of play in the Big Ten this year is enough that, um, teams are um, teams are are really good because of it, and they're going to be really dangerous in the tournament. All right, moving on to the East region, we got Michigan as the number one overall seed in this region. Um, big news with Michigan: Isaiah Livers out indefinitely, out for the tournament, stress fracture. 
that's big news. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect him in that first-round matchup against the play-in game, but down the line, that, that is a big problem. Isaiah Livers is a senior leader on that team, and he really is the kind of the heart and soul of Michigan. Um, oh, did Richard, did Richard Pitino just get fired, Andy? Breaking yeah. news. Breaking news. The way I, to take I, is breaking the news. Wow. I texted, I texted Rick. Um, I, I, I saw you said Rick, but Iona is in the tournament, and we're going to get to them in <laughs> a little bit. And I have Iona <laughs> actually beating Alabama. We'll get into it. I knew when you said Rick Patino fired, I knew you meant Richard. Okay, so, I mean, not really breaking. It is breaking news, I guess. We, we kind of saw this coming. But who, who did you see it from, Andy? Uh, I got an athletic uh, notification. Okay. There you have it. Richard Bertino fired as the Golden Gophers head basketball coach. Here we go, Max Max Musselman. I should say Eric Musselman. Here we go, Eric Musselman. He needs to be our new head coach. I don't have to lose a leg either. And congratulations to PG. You don't have to lose a leg. That is one yeah. of the safest bets I've ever made. But <laughs> Hey, were you nervous when, when we were down by one with 13 seconds to go against Ohio State? <laughs> I I was on the edge of my seat. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> no, it's no. it all right. <laughs> yeah, but but, here, but here's the question, BG is: Would you lose a leg for the Gophers to win a national championship this year? Probably not, but maybe for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's dedication. I'd rather have that by yeah. leaps and bounds than anything else. Yeah. Well, I also saw I got the report update and it said he's now the favorite for new mexico's open position i saw iowa state too wow that was just a twitter somebody what if on you twitter. went to indiana indiana too. Archie, archie, miller, archie miller fired what yeah. if we hired archie miller i mean i wouldn't hate that i wouldn't hate that at all it's like the yeah. it's like the wife swap on uh whatever show that was yeah i mean it's i'd rather have swap. yeah wife, wife swap. swap i'd rather have eric musselman but <laughs> If he doesn't want to leave Arkansas and we don't have the money because the Gophers are, I mean, the University of Minnesota isn't in a great financial situation, and Max even told us about this, um, they might not be able to go pay Arkansas to buy him out of his contract and then pay Musselman and then also pay Patino the rest of his contract or whatever they owe him because it's still probably millions of dollars. I don't know if they have the money to do that, so maybe they have to go get somebody like Archie Miller. The uh, the Arkansas AD came out today and said that they're already, and this is definitely a ploy just to try to keep Musselman there. But he's saying how they're uh, they're already working on an extension for him at Arkansas, yeah. which I, I feel like that's not going to sway him either way. But I mean, they they definitely want to keep him, so they're going to put up some money for sure. Yeah, imagine them winning the championship and then he leaves to go for the Gophers. <laughs> that would be so dope. That would be awesome. I just checked. It's uh, it's seventy five degrees in uh, Northwest Arkansas today. Colder up in Minnesota. Yeah, but you're thank in you, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the it's it, it's the combination of the weather and the the couple million dollars that uh that Arkansas is going to offer him. <laughs> yeah, home is home. Home is home. I love it. Um, okay, back to the NCAA tournament. We'll probably get a lot of that gopher talk, gopher head coach talk after the tournament. Maybe even, I, I doubt they'd hire somebody before the tournament was over, but if they do, we'll talk about it before the tournament's over. If not, and I'm guessing they're not going to, but we'll talk about all of these possibilities after the tournament. 
Let's get back to the East region. So Michigan, I think everyone he has them win in the first game. Let's go to LSU St. Bonnie. This is a really good matchup in the in this region. This is maybe the best first round game in this region. Um, St. Bonnie's they can score the basketball. They got five dudes who average double figures. They have a pretty good rim protector inside. He blocks a lot of shots. But LSU and, and they showed it this past weekend in the conference tournament. They're they're just way better. I'm telling you, they're way better than St. Bonnie. They're gonna beat St. Bonnie maybe by double figures. They're they'll definitely cover the spread. Um, but they, they got three guys who are going to go to the NBA probably, and they're just way better team than St. Bonnie. I'm taking LSU. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. LSU's going to run away with this one against St. Bonaventure. I, I, I kind of feel bad for St. Bonaventure. I feel like if they played, you know, like a BYU or someone like that, they might be able to sneak a first-round win out. But, I mean, LSU and SEC team, they've played way better teams. Um, that's why you see them at an eight seed. And when they do get through St. Bonaventure and see Michigan in that second round, uh, I see that as a potential upset for sure. Yeah, I've got LSU too. I think that LSU is a lot a lot better than St. Bonaventure when it comes to the physicality and just pure athleticism of an SEC roster versus I don't what what conference is St. Bonaventure even in? Do we know? No clue. Some mid-major, but just goes to prove that. Well, LSU is a really high-scoring offense, and as I said before, Cam Thomas on a team might put up at least 30 points in that first game. He is something else, but to have a roster of people who commit to State Bonaventure and then you ask them to guard SEC players and future NBA players, that's just not a recipe for success. So I think that LSU being in the SEC, which – isn't a great basketball conference, but it's a lot better than St. Bonaventure's. And um, LSU played well in the SEC tournament and upset some teams there and finished off the season pretty strong. So I think they'll win this one. And I think they have a shot at beating Michigan if they play well and just keep scoring, but that's for another day. Yeah, St. Bonaventure is in the Atlantic 10, I believe. Okay. Um, is that is that what Houston's in? No. They're in the American. Houston okay. is in, yeah. That sounds right. Yep. Where did my thing go? I think it's the Atlantic 10. I, the, the page isn't refreshing. No, that but, sounds right. Um, But, We're yeah, I mean, LSU is around. so good. Wofford, Smart, Thomas, those three guys are all going to the NBA from LSU, and they're just way better. There's no way they lose this game. Let's go on to Colorado, Georgetown. Uh, this is a game that, that I think is going to be another interesting game. 5-12 is always a good one. I like McKinley Wright. I like Colorado in this one, but Georgetown has been playing phenomenal the last couple of weeks. They might be playing as good as anybody in the country right now in terms of how together they are as a team, how well they pass the ball, and how well Patrick Ewan has this team playing right now. Yeah, I didn't really know which way to go on this one because I could see Colorado winning it because they're a good team. Um, They are actually a really good Pac-10 team that, has good guard plays and good bigs. Uh, the one chance I got to play or got to watch him play, they had a really nice game against Stanford. But at the same time, Georgetown is so hot, winning the Big East championship. I think their record is like 500 or maybe a game above 500. So that's just pretty sweet that they're in March Madness because of that automatic bid. But I'm just going to take Colorado on this one solely because of McKinley Wright and just to represent the Minnesota guys. But I think this will be a, a really good matchup, and I could see it going either way. 
I'm with you on that one, BG. I'm going to go with Colorado. Um, like you said, Georgetown's hot right now. But um, like anything, when something's hot and you let it cool off for a while, it's going to get cold. You, uh, you, They had a lot of steam going. They played four or five days in a row. They're rattling off the winds. No big deal. Um, but now you have a week off. You're changing locations. You're staying in a hotel. You know, it's a 13-12 and 12 team. Like, in reality, they're not the best team. Um, and I, you know, great storyline with Patrick Ewing coaching them, but I, I don't see them beating Colorado. Yeah, I, I, I just bet with my heart, and my heart's on McKinley right, so there we go, Colorado. All right, let's move on. Florida State, UNC Greensboro. This is one of my upset picks. I like UNC Greensboro in this one. I think Isaiah Miller is probably the most athletic player in the tournament. He's an absolute freak for UNC Greensboro. He averages 19 a game. He will be all over both sides of the basketball. And two years ago, this team with uh, the same head coach, Isaiah Miller was on the team as well, had Gonzaga beat in the first round of the 2018 tournament. They were up one with the ball and a minute to go, and they ended up throwing a lob pass from the sideline inbound and turned the ball over. Gonzaga went down and scored, hit a few free throws, and, and ran out the clock. But this UNC Greensboro team had Gonzaga beat just a couple of years ago. Isaiah Miller, like I mentioned, is an absolute freak. I like them to upset Florida State in this one. Both teams turned the ball over at a super high rate, so it, it's really going to be – it's going to come down to who can – control the basketball and who can cause turnovers more. And there's going to be 10 plus turnovers from both sides. Just whatever team can keep it on the lower. end. I like Greensboro. I like Isaiah Miller. Yeah. I think UNC Greensboro is by far the best number 13 seed in the bracket. And I would have had them beating the other two or two other uh, four seeds, Purdue and Virginia, not Oklahoma state, but I I do like Florida state. So I'm going to go with them over Greensboro uh, Isaiah Miller, like you said, is unreal. He's going to be an NBA player, which is just awesome coming from one of these really small schools, kind of like Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum did at Weber State and Lehigh. So another guard who could maybe follow a similar path. That's a lot to be said right now, but um, pretty cool just to watch him. And then on Florida State side, Scotty Barnes, who is like a 6'8", 6'9", point guard, he's going to the NBA too. So it'll be cool just in this first-round matchup to see NBA guys on each side of the ball but Florida State is so big, so athletic. They reborn, reboard the hell out of the ball on the offensive end too. So there's no way that Greensboro is going to come close to them with rebounds during the game. So I just think that's going to that's going to be enough. Yeah, I'm with you, BG. I think I think Florida State's going to win this one. But something to look at here is, like like Beal mentioned, uh, they turn the ball over a lot. They score a lot. Uh, so the over in this one is sitting right now at 145. I, I'm going to hammer the over on this one. I think, uh, you know, with just the sheer ability to get to the rim by both teams, and like you said, averaging more than 10 turnovers a game for both teams, they're going to be – it's going to be a run-and-gun game, and I think that, I think it's definitely going to go over. What's the spread? Uh, 11 and a half. I'm not going to touch that. I, I, with with the, the amount they score, you know, it could be – it could be a you know a last second you know buzzer beater, or it could be a thirty point game. But yeah, I don't really know either way. Yeah. All right, moving on down the bracket, we go to number six BYU against the playing game. It's Michigan State versus UCLA. I like Michigan State in the first game, and I like Michigan State in the second game against BYU. 
I, I don't like anything about BYU really. And I like the way Tom Izzo's got his team working in the last month. I like him to win too. I'm with you. I've got nothing else to say. Those are my exact thoughts. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to the next round, Texas and Abilene Christian. Texas coming off a big performance in their conference tournament. They won their conference tournament. I like Texas in this one, although there's been a lot of takers on Abilene. Is it Abilene? Abilene? Christian? Uh, it's been kind of a hot name in the underdog market right now. Yeah, I think um, one of my strategies, March Madness every year, is to uh, is one of my brackets to get three seed in it all. It just I don't know, just something about a three seed, like just it's unique enough, especially like if you're in a bracket for money. Um, I feel like to to do well. Um, yeah, year, let me just stop you right there, Andy. How often has a three seed won it though? When is the last time a three seed won? Uh, UConn won once a couple years ago. Yeah, they weren't a three seed. They were like a seven seed. No, they were a three seed. 2011, they were a three seed. They won it once as a as a three seed, once as a seven seed. Texas Tech was in the champ. They should have beat uh, Virginia two years ago in Minneapolis as a three seed, but they Jared Culver. They lost in overtime. All right, so you, you got some merit there. I'm coming. I'm coming to this as a point of view of like you know you're you're building brackets. You're trying to not pick something the same everyone else has, like trying to like win a bracket pool. And, you know, you don't want to, you're not going to win anything picking a random seven, eight, nine seed to, to make it to uh, the final four. Like always good to have a three. That, that's my bracket advice. Always good to have a three seed in at least the final four. And this year, Texas would be like, for me, that three seed who has the best chance of making it to the final four. Well, I'll just spoil anything else. I have Texas in my final four, um, and I, I absolutely too. love them. So, <laughs> Yeah, I do too, actually. They've got Chaka Smart during March Madness, which is just awesome, and yeah. they have Minnesota player. That's the double combo. That's all you need. That's all you need for for a couple of wake-and-take podcast hosts to pick you to the final four. <laughs> I, I have them in the final four, too, really Andy. I was just giving you a hard time. They are good. They're playing really good right now, and I, I like the way Chaka Smart coaches – at this time of the year, I think it translates well to March. I think it translates well to playing two games in, 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 in three days and then having a bunch of days off and then playing two more games in, in a quick stretch. I mean, I think his style of play translates. We saw what he did at VCU, taking that team to a Final Four. And I, I think you can make another run with this Texas team. They have all the talent they need. In the last two tournaments, you've had a three-team make to the, the championship. Okay, good. I was just I, I, I was just giving you a hard yes. time there, Randy. I got two three seeds in my final four, okay? I got two go. of them. All right, moving on. UConn, Maryland. Let's do both of these at games at the same time. Alabama, Iona. Okay, kind of a surpriser for me in the in the, in the 215 game, but let's start with Maryland. UConn, I love UConn in this game. I think Boat Knight or Bo Knight, however you say his name. He's been back the last month, and UConn is a different team when he's on the floor. He'll be in this game, and I think he's the difference. I think they win that game pretty easily over Maryland. And then in the 215 game, I like Iona for no other reason than Rick Patino and back in the tournament with another team. They can shoot a lot of threes, and they can make a lot of threes. I, I just I don't know why. I think Alabama's been playing good. They might have deserved number one seed if you know maybe one of those other t- top four teams fell off. They definitely would have been the team to slide up and grab one of those number one seeds. But uh, for some reason, I got a feeling about Iona, and I'm going with my heart here, fellas. I'm taking Iona to beat Alabama. Hot take. That is a very hot take. 
I like it too. I like Rick Pitino. I just think Alabama's too high powered. I think they're probably gonna get by on it there. But when they do, when they do face UConn in the second round, because UConn will win, uh, look for an upset there. <clears throat> Purely for the fact that in 2014, when UConn, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Beal, when UConn was a seven seed in the tournament, they went on to win the tournament. They were in the exact same spot in the bracket as they are this year. As a seven seed in the East region, <clears throat> watch out. That's all I'm saying. Watch out. They, you had, you had, you had uh, uh, cardiac Kemba. You had, you know, that star player in the lineup. You know, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and I think Book Knight might be able to be that player to kind of take over a game late. So. I, I like UConn as well, and I, I got them winning a couple of games and getting to the Sweet 16. But uh, we'll see. We'll you see actually, what happens. Do you have a lot play. Let's move sure. on to the South region. Baylor look, look, is the number look. one overall seed in the South. They're going to win that first game against Hartford. Let's go on to UNC Wisconsin in the 8-9 game. This should be an interesting game. I like Wisconsin. I think I, I could go back and forth on this one. I just like Wisconsin because they don't turn the ball over and they play good defense, and I think that translates well to March Madness. That being said, Wisconsin can go on some stretches where they start trying to play one-on-one basketball a lot, and that doesn't fit. I mean, if you think about Wisconsin, they got like 12 white kids on their team. They're not a one-on-one playing team, and they have tendencies to do that, at least in the five or six games I've seen them play this year. I've seen them go one-on-one a few times, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? This is not a this is a flex offense team that sets 14 ball screens every time they run an offensive possession. What are they doing trying to go one-on-one? If they do that, they're going to get blown off the floor by North Carolina. If they defend and run their offense, which I think great guard will get them whipped into shape by the time they they hit the floor on Saturday, I, I think they should have a good chance to beat North Carolina. Yeah, that that Wisconsin team's going to be gas. They're going to be running that California that not California, Cal Carolina break, uh, uh, those Carolina break practices the the whole whole week. Um, but I think Wisconsin, I think if they can get hot and make some threes, um, that's what's gotten them to win uh, some games that maybe they shouldn't have this year. Um, and I think that's really what it comes down to is if, you know, our boy uh, uh, Brad Davison and uh, the rest of the, the white kids on that team can, uh, can, can get the hot hand. We're we're very observant to the white skin tone as a podcast when it comes to basketball. <laughs> Look at us. But, <laughs> um, what's the uh, what's the over under on Brad Davison charges charges taken in that game? Three and a half. Three and a half. I'll go That's under. No, I don't I'm taking the under, under on that. that. Yeah, me too. I'd say flops maybe three and a half or four and a half. Well, I'll tell you what. He'll he'll get at least one flop warning, and that will be like in the first seven minutes. He'll get a flop warning because he'll, he'll be excited. Or he'll get a flagrant <laughs> uh, flagrant one for like hitting a guy in the balls coming around the screen. Yeah. Like it's it's either or. No, yeah, maybe I could see him doing that in like in the Sweet Sixteen. He's matured now that he's. But a first round, I don't think that's a first round move for him. That's like a Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, like when they're on the ropes, like and they're really sweating it out. I he can't. makes it look so like unconscious though. Like it's like no offense. Like he just he's yeah. Just a hard player. I just like, don't think like they're good just, enough for him to to start doing that. I mean, I could see if they make a run and they get into like a a Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight, I could see him doing that. I just couldn't see him doing it in the first or second round. He's the old NHL like enforcer, like the guy who just yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> he plays hard, man. He plays hard. Friend of the pod. Maybe we'll get him back on someday sure. if we don't, you know, keep trash talking. Yeah. Maybe we should reach out. Yeah, we should. We should, especially if they lose. Maybe we can have him on. He's probably going to have some free time coming up here shortly. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Villanova Winthrop. This has been a hot game among the underdog pickers. Winthrop has been one of the top Cinderella names right now, at least. I still like Villanova. I think they got probably the better team, at least depth-wise. I think they have probably the three best players on the floor, even without Colin Gillespie at point guard for Villanova. I still think they have the talent, and I still think they have Jay Wright. And I like leaning on head coaches. I like picking head coaches in March Madness, just like I picked Tom Izzo to win two games. I'm picking Jay Wright, and I'm picking this Villanova team, even without their point guard. Yeah, I'm going with Villanova, too. I know they're a really good historically or they're really a really good team historically at March Madness times. Um, they have that senior leadership, even with Gillespie out, but he's still a part of the team, which I think will do more um, than people expect with an injured player. And Winthrop, I've known nothing about them except that they've lost one game this year. So they're obviously a good team, but I just think the combination of Villanova knowing how to play um, in mid to late March and Jay Wright coaching them up is going to overpower Winthrop. I like how you call him Winthrop. <laughs> Isn't it Winthrop? <laughs> it's Winthrop, but we can call him Winthrop. <laughs> uh, go, how do you say it? Winthrop. <laughs> Winthrop. Winthrop, just like it's Kofi Cockburn and not Coburn. <laughs> There's no way you can pronounce that co the way it's spelled. I don't think it's well, co- I, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> co- yeah, Kofi. I, I agree with that. Yeah, no, Winthrop. I don't Kofi know Coburn, no way. No, I agree with that. That is a weird... It's a silent C-H-B-G, and it's a invisible F-F-E-E. Kofi. (laughs) Well, to get back to the matchup, matchup, I'm going opposite of you two. I'm going to go with Winthrop on this one. Villanova's kind of (laughs) – Winthrop. (laughs) I'm just kidding. My bad. Winthrop. Going with Winthrop on this one. Thank you. I think Villanova, towards the end of the year, they've kind of struggled turning the ball over, and Winthrop's a very – fundamental team and I think they'll be able to capitalize on a lot of the turnovers and that's one of my big upset picks so um what it, what are the seedings again for that one is that it's five Villanova five, five yeah, yeah Winthrop 12 um all right let's move on Purdue North Texas I like Purdue I like Matt Painter death Texas and Matt Painter to quote the great John Rostein I got nothing else. I don't know if Texas plays really good defense, and it's going to be like 25 to 35 final score. And I know Andy's going to hammer the under in this game, but other than that, I got nothing. The, the over-under is 125, which for a college basketball game, especially March Madness, is just so low. And you still have to hammer that under. <laughs> like there, there's a realistic chance that this game could end like 45-40, like a high school yeah. basketball. Is that one of your locks of the week, Andy? Because I, I that's one of my locks of the week. Yeah, that's that's under Purdue North Texas is a lock of the week. That's that's okay. for sure. I like it. I like it. Let's just keep moving on. Bet the Texas, house on it. Yeah, bet the farm on it. We'll have a few more of those too. I, I got a couple of bet the farm on games, and one of them might be this one: Utah State Texas Tech. I might give a final prediction right before this game starts. But right now, I absolutely love Utah State. They didn't win their conference championship game for the third straight year. They lost in that game. They still got into the tournament, fortunately. They grabbed that 11 seed. And I love their big guy, Quita. 
He's like a seven footer and he's just an absolute beast. He can knock down like 15 foot, 18 foot jumpers. Like there's no tomorrow. And he's really good on the defensive end. He's not great offensively, but he's really good on the defensive end. And I, and I like him in this game. I like stars. Like I've mentioned all throughout this episode, I, I've picked all throughout this episode. I, I like the stars and I think he's going to be a star in this game. He's the next Gorgie Jang. Yeah, he is. He's a beast. He, he's a beast. What's his What's his name again? Because I've seen him play a his lot. His name's His last name's Quita. I got to look up his, his his first name, but he is he's, he's huge. He's ginormous, and especially when he's yeah. playing up against whoever Utah State plays against, like in in their conference, because <laughs> he's an absolute beast. And yeah. I, I'll get his first name uh, here in just a second. I was watching their championship game against San Diego State, and he is just so dominant. San Diego State had a pretty good guy too, but. If you haven't seen him play, he is huge and he is big. Like, he is a thick guy. Yeah, I watched him play against San Diego State. At least, like, I lost the first half. And then I watched him play in the semifinal game. His, his first name is Nemus. Nemus Quita. He's Nemus from Quita. Portugal. He's, yeah, he's seven seven footer. And it's they list seven him at... Four? No, seven foot. Just seven foot even. Okay. Seven footer. They list him at 245. I would say he's, like, 280. But I'm not a yeah, great. Yeah, he's got to be. Bigger. I'm not a great height to weight judger of the in the six foot range. But I would say he's like 280. He's not thin. In 245, we're pretty thin. I feel like for a seven footer. Yeah, yeah. I've I have no idea who Texas Tech has for big guys, but I'm going the other way on this one. But I'm sticking with the star power, and I'm going with Mac McClung um, and the the Red Raiders. I think just. Being a good team in the Big 12, it automatically means you're a really good team with the basketball they were playing this year. Um, and they've gone up probably 10 to 15 teams that are better than Utah State. And I don't know how many teams Utah State have gone up to the caliber of Texas Tech. So I think Utah State is a really good team. They for sure could beat them, but I'm just taking Texas Tech's uh, experience, and I hope McClung dunks all over that big guy. That would be an awesome dunk. Yeah, that would be. That would be really sick. I mean, he's seven. How how tall is McClung? Six one, six two. Okay, but yeah, he's that got would some be, bunnies. That would be pretty electric. Let's move on to Arkansas <laughs> Colgate. Arkansas, obviously, head coach Eric Musselman, friend of the pot, Max Musselman, and hopefully future friend of the pot, Eric Musselman. Um, I'm picking with with Arkansas here. Although Colgate's got a really good offense. They're, they're one of the most efficient offenses in the country. They can shoot the lights out of the basketball. They're super good from downtown. they got a really good point guard who can score the basketball. That might be a bit of a challenge. It could be a close game. I like Arkansas. Do you know the over-under, Parker? Um, I can look it up quick. Because I know during the selection show when that got announced, Arkansas was playing Colgate, they said – this game is going to be up and down. Both these teams love to push the ball, love to run and score the ball really easily. Yeah. So I imagine yeah. it's high. Do you have a guess? Do you have a guess? Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> one, 163. Damn, 162 and a half. Let's go. Nice, PG. Nice. Damn. That's incredible. Yeah. That's wow. 81 each. That's insane. That is, and the crazy thing about Colgate is their net ranking, they were the ninth team in the country in net, which is crazy for a 14 seed. But, Mm. yeah, I don't know how they got to that point, but somehow they got the net nine ranking in the country. 
Um, all right, let's move on. Florida, Virginia Tech, and Ohio State, Oral Roberts. I like Virginia Tech in that 7-10 game against Florida just because they're so tough. I mean, I, I think their defense translates well to March Madness. I, I think they're just going to out-tough Florida. I, I don't have a ton of opinion on this game. And in the two fifteen game, I like Ohio State. I have no other opinion on that one. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Florida, Virginia Tech didn't really know which way to go, so I think my two brackets, I split it there. Just I have no knowledge of either of those teams. And OSU, I think, will slide on by. Yeah. I like, I like Florida on that one just because you know, they, they've played well. They've beat some good teams this year in Virginia Tech. Coming off some COVID issues, having played, you know, the amount of games that they should have, um, coming in a little bit rusty. I also just like Florida, so I took them. But they will get smacked by Ohio State in the next round. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Midwest region. Illinois is the top seed in this region. They're going to beat Drexel in the first round, and that brings us to what's going to be one of the best games. I mean, really in these 8-9 games in each of the regions are going to be pretty good. They're pretty good every year, but this is one of my favorite, Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech. I like Loyola Chicago a ton in this game. Cameron Kurtzwig, I think his name is Cameron Kurtzwig, the big guy from Loyola Chicago. He was on that team a couple of years ago that went to the Final Four. He's now a senior averaging like 19 points a game. I like him in this game. Although Georgia Tech plays a really tough zone defense, I think they play like a 1-3-1 extended trap, and they play that into a 2-3 zone. They also play some extended man. Uh, High-pressure defense. It's going to be an interesting matchup. If Loyola can pass the ball well, which I think they're a pretty good passing team, and if they can get it inside to Kurtzwig and he can move it out and kick it out for open threes, I could see them tearing apart, apart this Georgia Tech team. I like Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I think this will be another really good um, eight nine game. I'd put it right up next to North Carolina and Wisconsin for one of those must watch games. If you've got three other games going on, but I, I'm going to take Georgia Tech on this one. I think it's going to be a really close game, and I know we've talked about how good Loyola Chicago is, and that could be a potential Cinderella. But uh, Georgia Tech is hot right now. Obviously, winning the ACC tournament, which got affected by COVID, but they still won the ACC tournament, um, and they have the ACC Player of the Year which I didn't know, um, but it kind of makes sense. His name is Moses Wright, and they're going up against Loyola Chicago, and they had the, whatever that lady's name was, that old Sister Jean nun or whatever. Sister yeah. Jean. Yep, but I don't know if she. I don't know if she's with us any longer. She is with us, and she's ready to go. Okay, so well, she she's gonna have a tough matchup with Moses coming into town. Yeah, yeah, I got I got Georgia Tech in this one too. I don't know if you guys saw that post game interview after Georgia Tech won the ACC tournament, but one of their players just absolutely broke down, like thanking everybody left and right, and almost to tears. And right then and there, I fell in love with Georgia Tech. I have no no other reason to like them. Uh, but if they do get past Loyola, it'd be sweet if they took down Illinois. I feel like that could be a, that could be a cool Cinderella story there, at nine seed. Yeah, I uh, I still like Sister. I still like Sister Jean. I still like Cameron Kurtzwig, and I like their ability to pass through that zone. We'll see what happens. It's going to be one of the best games of the weekend, at least one of the okay. f- best games of the first round. All right, let's move on. Tennessee, the six, uh, the five seed, excuse me, and Oregon State, the 12 seed. I don't have really any opinion on this game. I picked Tennessee, but 
Somebody, somebody sway me in one direction or the other. Yeah, this was one. Oh, go ahead. This was, I was just going to say quick, this was one of my upsets that I had. Um, the the twelve five upsets that I picked. I have Oregon State. Um, I mean, they're one of those teams, and I feel like a lot of what I'm saying so far, and it's true, that's how I make my picks. But they're one of the teams that are hot right now. They just won the Pac-12 championship, which was a big upset. They beat Colorado in the championship, and Colorado, as we talked about before, is a good team. I know nothing about Tennessee, um, other than they're in SEC and didn't have that great of a season, so I'm not high on them. But Oregon State, I don't know if they're going to win, but I think it's worthwhile enough to take them as an upset. Oregon State was plus a hundred thousand to win the Pac-12 tournament. A hundred thousand people who bet fifty dollars won fifty thousand dollars. Wow! It's Damn! Absolutely nuts. <laughs> that would have been fun. That's insane. People who bet on them to win the first round game against Tennessee are going to lose. <laughs> yeah. Go on. I, I I got I got Tennessee in this one. They played well in the tournament. They played well towards the end of the year. And same reason I said about Georgetown earlier. I just don't think Oregon State. They're I mean they're not a great team. They just got hot at the right time. I don't think it's going to translate to the tournament. But if it does, good for them. That'd be kind of a cool Cinderella story as well. Yeah, yeah. it definitely would be. And it's one of those five twelve games. I think there's at least one upset. At least on average, I like to look. I haven't done it this year, but in years past, I always look at the percentages and because they always like, okay, one five twelve game is going to be an upset. Every two years, one four thirteen is going to be an upset. Every and there's only been eight, I think, two fifteen upsets. But so like every, let's say every fifteen years, there's going to be a two or a fifteen beats a two seed. So I, I kind of like looking at the statistics of it. And for the four thirteen or for the five twelve game rather. One of those 12 seeds, I think, on average wins every year, which is uh, it's good to pick. It's good to pick one of those teams because you might get one of them right, and it's fun when you pick those upsets. Um, speaking of upsets, here, here, Beal, go here's, ahead. here's your stat for that. Number five seeds have won 64% of the meetings with number 12 seeds, but 2019 marked the third time in the past seven tourneys that number 12s have won three of the four matchups. There you go. Wow. There so they've go. been on a tear the past seven years. Yeah, I, I know that's it's a hot matchup. I mean, and, and the numbers don't lie. I like following yeah. those numbers. I don't like looking at the last years necessarily. I like looking at the 15, 20-year aggregates of how often that, that 12-5 is an upset game. And it's one of the most, I mean, I, you can't really call an 8-9 game an upset, but that 12-5 game is one of the most common upsets. And... uh it should be a good one. It, we have a bunch of good matchups in that 12-5 range. Uh, let's move on in the Midwest region to Oklahoma State and Liberty. Oklahoma State here got screwed with the four seed. They should have been a three seed at the very minimum, even a two seed potentially. Um, but they got screwed with a four seed. West Virginia got a three seed, and we'll get to them in a minute. But uh, they were beat twice, West Virginia was, by Oklahoma State. Last two times they played them. Oklahoma State just went and won their conference tournament. Uh, or no, excuse me, lost in the championship game of their conference tournament. Uh, or did they win it? Did they beat Texas? Texas won. Texas won, Texas right. Won okay. That, yeah. yeah, so they lost to Texas, but still they've been playing good. They shouldn't have got a four seed. They got screwed, and they got a tough matchup with Liberty. Liberty is a, is a pretty good school. They make more threes than anyone in the country. I think they average over 40% from the three-point line, which is an insane mark. 
anytime a team is averaging over 40%. I'm still taking Oklahoma State. I'm still taking Cade Cunningham. He's obviously the best player in this tournament. He's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. I like Oklahoma State, but it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma State, too. I'm really high on them. Um, I think they're one of those four seeds that can go quite a bit um, into the tournament. And I just think Cade Cunningham in the combination of they play good defense um, because they have to in the Big 12 conference they play, and they've gone up against everybody in the country, the Baylors, Texas, West Virginia, like they've said, and they've beaten a handful of these teams multiple times. So I think they'll control Liberty and get by pretty easily, and then I expect them to uh, keep playing for at least another week beyond that. Yeah. I I like Oklahoma State too. I think that – um, they're going to get past Liberty pretty easily. And like you said, Tennessee, not the flashiest of teams, maybe overseeded a little bit. I'm really excited to see that Sweet 16 matchup between Illinois and Oklahoma State. I feel like those, that's going to be a really good game. Io DeSumo versus uh, Cade Cunningham will be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, that that's going to be one for sure. And if you're Oklahoma State, you got to be so mad because, I mean, Illinois is, in my opinion, the second-best team in the tournament. I think they're better than Baylor. Uh, I, I like Illinois a lot, and if you're Oklahoma State, you're thinking, man, why couldn't we have got the three seed? At least if we're in the same bracket as Illinois, we don't have to play them until the Elite Eight, but they're going to have to match up in the Sweet 16. That will be a great, great game. Uh, let's move on to San Diego State and Syracuse. Syracuse, another year sitting on the bubble. They squeak into the tournament and I actually like the way they're playing right now. I like the way Buddy Bayheim is playing right now. And I'm going to pick them to, to, to upset San Diego State. I know nothing about San Diego State other than I watched them play against Utah State. Um, and, and I wasn't super impressed with them. I didn't get to see the end of that game, but we'll see what happens. I, I like I, Syracuse. I think feel that's an upset only based off of the, the numbers in front of their names. I think, uh, I think Vegas has Syracuse. If not the favor, that game that game line is is really damn close. Yeah. Um, just because I think, like you just said, no one's watched San Diego State <laughs> besides Seth Davis, Davis, John Rothstein, and I don't know Andy Katz maybe. Like no one's watched San Diego State this year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it makes it hard, especially on this year when there's not as many crossover games. There wasn't those non-conference tournaments. There was a few of them, but there wasn't the widespread non-conference tournaments where you're getting random teams playing other random teams. We just have no benchmark for how good San Diego State is. Yeah, and I think it will be interesting to see. Maybe Syracuse, do you think they'll be a favorite in that game? They'll actually be favorited in Vegas? I think they should be. I mean, San Diego State, you know, you don't, you, I don't know what conference they're in, but I guarantee you they don't see the type of zone defense that Syracuse plays. Um, and, and if they do, it's not to the level that Syracuse plays it. So I think Syracuse is going to run away with that with double digits, double digit win for sure. Are they playing the zone this year? I didn't think they were for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So, so they, they were, they, they're playing it less than they usually do, but they do. They still um, go into it sometimes. Yeah. They still go into it. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. And right. if it's working, they stick with it the whole game. So I like it. Syracuse is a three point dog is an 11 seed which is, I can guarantee you is probably the closest odds-wise matchup between uh, an 11, like a double-digit seed and a single-digit seed. I, I bet was, that BYU-Michigan State game will be a closer spread. Yeah, I was going to say, there was one game that I was hearing about 
that was, and I think I have it in my notes somewhere here. That there's at least one ten seed who's a favorite. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty close. That's what I thought. I think it's the Maryland game. Yeah, Maryland's got to be favorite, or maybe Maryland or. um, Are really a favorite over UConn? I think UConn is good, man. They play good. No, it's the Virginia the Virginia Tech game. Okay, Virginia Tech's favorite over Florida, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I have on my notes here. Virginia Tech could be. I have could be a favorite. I. UConn is favored. This is all yeah. courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. Of and a lot of these numbers could change too in in the next couple yep. of days. Leading I'm sure they days. will, and they will change probably. Um, yeah, it looks like it looks like Florida's a one point favorite right now, Virginia Ruck, Tech. But Rutgers a, a favorite as a as a. I mean, we'll get to that game. Here That's the one I was thinking of. Rutgers is a one and a half point favorite over Clemson, which which surprises me. Yeah, yeah. All right, That's so we got three games left. Let's let's get to these three left. Last games, then we'll have any other final comments. We got West Virginia, Moorhead State. I like West Virginia. They're not they're not a pressing team this year. It's not press Virginia, uh, but I, I still like their toughness. I don't think they should have been a three seed, like I mentioned. I think them and Oklahoma State should have been flopped at the three and the four, but I still like them in this game over Moorhead State. Yeah, me too. I think West Virginia is a pretty sweet team. Uh, they've got a couple guys who I really like, like Butler. I forget the other guy's name, but NBA-bound guys. And I think West Virginia is just a pretty cool uh, basketball team to be coached by uh, the quarter zip man himself, Bob yeah. Huggins. It's, and, just an, <laughs> it's an awesome school, and I yeah, I, I hope they do well. I heard a take about Bob Huggins, and it was from Dan Dockage this week. And I think it's very accurate. He said, like, is there anybody who looks more like West Virginia than Bob Huggins? He is the perfect embodiment for, for a head coach of West Virginia, like this fat guy with long hair, kind of long, greasy, gray hair. He looks like he doesn't give an absolute shit in the world. And, you know, they just press. They play super hard. They're aggressive. They follow you. They're going to be chippy. They're going to be cheap. And, but they win games. And I think I think it was a good take from, from Dan Dockage saying that Bob Huggins is the most – West is the best embodiment of West Virginia. I mean, he just absolutely represents that state so well. And it's a, it's a great head coach for them. He just throws on like a triple XL quarter zip yeah. that goes down like way past his belt line, brings out a stool to the court and just watches the game happen. <laughs> I, I could see him like showing up to the arena in just a white t-shirt. And then the, somebody in the athletic department just hands him a quarter zip and he walks onto the court and he's ready to go. <laughs> That's how it goes. He just shows up. White tee, probably some jeans, changes into the quarter zip and some sweats or some dress pants, whatever he wears. Boom, he's good to go. He almost seems like a hockey dad who just really knows the game of basketball really well. Like he's <laughs> got, got way that look too into basketball. He, he just seems like he doesn't really care about anything. But he's, he's a hockey he dad that got out of the way too into game. basketball. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, moving on to the seven ten game. It's Clemson against Rutgers. Andy, you just told us Rutgers as the ten seed is a favorite in this game. I like Rutgers just because they're from the Big Ten. And I know nothing about Clemson. Yeah, I'm I'm going Rutgers too. Um, I, the only thing I know about Clemson is they're really good in the beginning of the season. I think a top fifteen team, um, and then they completely fell off. I don't know why. Them in Missouri, they were really good too kind of the same situation, but Rutgers has some players as we've seen going up against uh, the Gophers and 
played a much harder schedule than Clemson overall, so I think it will favor them for this matchup, but you can see it going either way. Yeah, Clemson started really hot, and I think I, – I can't remember exactly what it was, but their coach was, like, out for a few games. It might have been, like, a COVID-related issue, something like that. I can't remember, but um, they lost by, like, 30 or 40 points to Florida State, and after that they kind of just fell off and were kind of, a, you know, a slightly above-average team. Um, and like you said, Rutgers from the Big Ten. I think they've played, they've played their their hardest schedule they possibly could, and I think they're going to beat Clemson easily. I, I like Rutgers a lot. I like their strength of schedule. I like the test they've gone through with the Big Ten, and it's been a gauntlet of a season for for all these Big Ten teams. And I hope they do well. I hope all of them do well, except for uh, I'll cheer for Wisconsin just because we've had Brad on the show. I'll I'll, I'll cheer for Wisconsin too. Uh, last game. Of the night here, fellas, it's Houston. It's Cleveland State. Cleveland State is kind of an interesting 15 seed. I don't think they're going to beat Houston. This probably would have been the smart pick if I was going to pick any of the 15 seeds to upset one of the two seeds, which I did. I picked Iona to beat Alabama just because I like Rick Pitino. But I didn't pick Cleveland State. They would have been a smart pick. They've been a 13 seed. They've been a 14 seed. They've won as both of those seeds. They they upset as, as a 13. They upset as a 14 seed. I don't think they're going to pull it off as a 15 seed. I think Houston is playing phenomenal basketball right now, and I think they're going to have no problem with Cleveland State. Yeah, you mentioned it. Houston's been playing great basketball. Their offense is so much fun to watch. I've watched them a few times this year, and they just get out and run, and they dunk the basketball. It's awesome to watch. But like you said, Cleveland State has had some upsets in recent years, and something to look out for, uh, the Cleveland State head coach, Dennis Gates, uh, possible candidate for the the Minnesota Golden Gopher job. Oh, okay. Up in the off season. That's an interesting number. I, that. I like it. Especially, is that your take? Uh yes, that is. It's an original take. Have so why do you think he's up? Well, he he's he's done very well at Cleveland State. He has a very um very good reputation and he's definitely going to be getting a better job, uh a higher D one job head coaching job in the off season. Um, and, you know, with the recent struggles of the Gophers uh, and, you know, diversity hiring within college basketball and the NBA and stuff like that, uh, Dennis Gates, uh, uh, a black head coach, I think he's definitely going to get a, at least an interview with the Gophers. And I think they're going to go with him. He's definitely proven himself. So I like it. I like it. Hot takes. And we got it on video on, on microphone here recorded. So, uh, yeah, if it comes true, P, you best believe we're going to be blasting it out there. <laughs> Love best it. Believe Love it. it. All right, we've gone through all of the first-round matchups. We've given our picks on every one of those games. You guys want to give your uh, final fours and then your overall champion as well quickly? Sure. Um, I can start off with mine. Let me pull it up. Final four, I already hinted one of them was, but – in the West region, I've got Gonzaga. I just think Gonzaga. this is the best Gonzaga team I've seen in my life, so they've got to make it, um, even with Iowa, but I think they'll get past them. Then I've got Texas from the East region. They're really hot, and I, Texas is sick. In the South region, I've got Baylor. Um, and then in my Midwest region, I have Oklahoma State. So Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I like it. P-Bomber. Yeah, 
unfortunately, I, you know, when I was filling this out, I was thinking, God dang it, why are you being so original with this? Because um, I got two one seeds and two two seeds, uh, but I just think they're that good this year. I got Gonzaga facing off against Alabama, Gonzaga winning that, making it to the championship, and then Baylor versus Houston. Uh, I mentioned it, I love Houston, but uh, I think Baylor will come out on top there, and I got Baylor winning it all. Randolph. I have got uh, Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois, and Gonzaga over Illinois in my championship game. It's going to be a hell of a game. We got an oversaturation of Texas here in the market. Um, I have Texas as well. I might change this pick just because you guys all have Texas. I really like them, though. I, I got Texas coming out of the east. I got Gonzaga coming out. I got Illinois as well, and kind of a sleeper pick here. I'm going with Arkansas, Final Four bound Arkansas. Eric Musselman and the squad putting together a run. I think it would be not only would it be an all-time moment for March Madness, but it would be an all-time moment for the Musselman family, for Eric, for Eric, for Max, and maybe if they if they get to a Final Four and they don't win it, Eric's like, hey, you know, I've done a lot for this school. I've gotten them to a Final Four. Now it's time to go get my Gophers. Minnesota Golden Gophers to a Final Four, and I'd love to see him become the head coach here. Um, so that's my Final Four. Those four, I got Illinois, I got Gonzaga in the national championship. I got Gonzaga winning it all. I just think there's no way to stop Suggs, uh, Kispert, and Timmy. Those three are not the, the three best in the tournament, but the three. there's no team that can match up with those three guys, and all three of them could score. Suggs is... So good at the at the point guard position. I mean, he facilitates that offense so well. He's a great passer, and I think there's just no way any team can match up with those three guys and stop all three of them. I mean, you can pick out one or two to stop, maybe, but then how are you going to stop the third one? And I think there's no team in the country that has an answer for those three guys. I like Gonzaga to win it all, and I like them to beat Illinois in the national championship game. Fellas, any final thoughts? Before the first round, we're going to record sometime after the first round games, hopefully before the second round games tip off. But any final thoughts on Cinderella's, uh, on lock picks, on overs, on unders in this first round? I only got to say my final four, so I'll include who I think after that. Um, I have Gonzaga and Baylor going to the championship game, which I'm sure so many people are going to have. And then I have Baylor uh, winning it. But. I like it. I like it. Um, we'll be back probably on Sunday morning, Saturday morning, sometime this weekend with an, an episode recap and all the first round action, previewing some second round matchups. We previewed some of them tonight. We'll hopefully preview some more this weekend. Enjoy the madness, enjoy the hoops, and we'll see you guys all this week. Another turning point of folks stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end that's right. I hope you have the time of your life. Take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good up and good times 
Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable In the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you.